So, uh, you know, but as we get together, uh, it's always a blessing and to be able to get into God's word. So uh, Luke 17, uh, we're, we, we just finished uh, going through and we kind of blazed through the rich man and Lazarus on, on Wednesday. Uh, and I thank you guys for your graciousness uh, to, to allow me to finish that. I, uh, I, uh, without getting mad at me, you know, I, I, I knew I didn't have to stop and, and, uh, and, and, and get, you know, the permission to, to press forward. But I, I do appreciate the patience, um, because it, it didn't feel right to end there. You know, when we, when we can look at everything that we we covered last week and, uh, it was, it was just such a blessing to, um, to be able to just continue, uh, continue finishing that. So, uh, that brings us to Luke chapter 17. So, uh, we'll pick up in verse one and go from there. So verse one says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be easier for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Pretty intense. And uh, as we see, the audience, uh, once again, um, has changed. As we uh, were looking at the end of chapter 16, the Lord was uh, teaching the Pharisees and speaking to the Pharisees. He's now speaking to the disciples, uh, to anybody who's following him, that's, that's following after him. No doubt the twelve. Uh, but anybody who was his disciple that was uh, that was around, so he's teaching the masses. So for us, we can look at that and take it as speaking to Christians. And uh, so he 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 starts off, and it's and, and one thing before I get into this is it's always important for us to understand the context of what we're reading and the audience that's being addressed, especially in the Gospels. That's very important for us because things can get confusing if we don't understand uh, understand that. And 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 really, like. It, I don't know if any of you uh, have done public speaking or whatever. It's very important for us to know our audience because if I'm giving a speech, uh, so I teach uh, ages four to 12 upstairs. And if I get into expositional constancy with them about, you know, oh, well, if the word says it here and then here, it's going to be the same throughout the scripture. I'm just going to get kids just looking at me, telling me they've got a bike or something, you know? So, so you, you have to make what, you know, what we're doing, uh, you know, relevant. So, uh, Jesus was obviously a master at that. I mean, he's the example for that. He knew his audience, uh, you know, better than anybody, obviously as the creator. So, uh, as we're looking into that, it's important for us not to read over that. He's speaking to his disciples here. So he's speaking to Christians and, uh, you know, with that insight we can gather from there. And as he's speaking to believers, he says, it's important, uh, sorry, it's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to whom, uh, to, sorry, to him through whom they do come. Uh, Jesus is addressing the issue of causing another to stumble. And, uh, you know, we can look at it from two different areas, being the one that was caused to stumble or the one that's causing someone to stumble. But he's, he's specifically addressing the person that's causing somebody else to stumble into sin. And uh, as, as we're looking here, we should never, uh, as believers, uh, be the one that's knowingly causing somebody to stumble. Uh, and and that's that what we're saying. I mean, you look at what verse 2 says, and it's frightening. I don't know about you guys, but it's frightening. You know, to think of having something thrown over your neck and just whoosh, gone, you know, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's about as pointed as it gets. You know, uh, that that's a pretty pretty steep thing for us uh, to be able to uh, 
just be able to process, just to think of. And, and um, you know, it's, it's important for us that as we're looking at this to understand that as we progress through, the Lord is setting a stage for, you know, verses three and four, and then it's going to progress through the whole chapter as we're reading. But uh, it's important for us as, as Christians to understand um, what are uh, the, the, penalty for sin and 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 what it is you know if we're sinned against matthew 18 tells us what we need to do we able to need to be able to go to that person and talk with them right and address that directly we don't go and grab everybody hey did you did you see what this person did? boom go right to the source so you said you did like this i believe it was wrong let's talk about this they're not willing to talk to you and you go get it somebody else to go with you uh and uh if that doesn't happen then leadership of the church and you say hey i need some help and and then it gets addressed you know we shouldn't have a lackadaisical approach to you know if somebody specifically has sinned against us and i i don't i don't want to start throwing out um examples or anything there but it, it really could be anything somebody could be lying uh to us somebody could be uh, gossiping about us you know those types of things uh, within the body that can be so divisive and so destructive and uh you know Woe to the person that 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 uh, you know is is sinning, the one that's um, causing anybody to sin, and it would be uh, so much worse for them, uh, so much better for them to be thrown just that uh, just sink, and that's that's pretty bad. So uh, so people are fences. Uh, they're, sorry, they're sinners. Offenses are going to come. That's just we're we're human beings. They're going to come. It should be our goal to not be ever be the person that's stumbling. You know, think about what we're doing, especially in this world. We've got people looking at us. So I'm looking at it kind of from a Christian lens here, and we're going to get into more of the context. But I do think it's important for us to understand how much people are watching us, specifically the more bold we are in our faith, the more we're going to be under that microscope. Don't run from that. Don't run from it. It should keep us sober-minded, and should it should help us to understand. Wait, if I make this decision, and that gets found out, or or whatever it is, what's that going to do to my witness? And we should never run from that. We never should. Uh, our flesh and our you know, our sinful desire, you know, wants us to no, 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 just 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 go ahead, you know, and and no one's ever going to know whatever whatever it is, taking a drink, looking at pornography, whatever it is, those things that 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 creep into our lives. It's just so important because if somebody sees that and they know that, oh, see, I knew it. I knew it. And now I'm not going to go to church. It's a bunch of hypocrites. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Bunch of sinners in church. You know, that's what this, is, this is where we need to be, to be strengthened, to be built up, to be renewed so that we're out of that, that lifestyle. And people, you know, when they look at our lives, they see an example. We should be able to say, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? So important for us. So important for us. So the word offense here, and uh, I, I'm, hopefully I'm saying it right, scandalin. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's actually describing a stick that's used that's bent to set a trap. You know, so that when, when someone's knowingly trying uh, or they're, they're doing something to offend, cause somebody to offend or to sin, uh, you know, a stumbling block would be another way to look at it. So take sin very seriously. And uh, the natural course of sin, we've talked about it. Just look in James 1, that natural course of sin. Uh, sin once, And if I could speak tonight, guys, uh, just go with me, okay? So, um, you know, when, when we're drawn away and, and enticed by our own desires and then it, uh, then so that enticement will uh, then will give into our desire 
and then it brings forth sin. Sin, when it's full, full grown, brings forth death. I know I've said that, a broken record. We need to hear it. You know, So it's very important for us to never take sin lightly. Um, it, it may be spiritual death. It may be physical death. But sin always has the desire for destruction. That's it. Whether, whether it's a marriage, uh, whether it's a friendship, uh, our walk with the Lord, our own lives, uh, that, that's, that's what the end result of sin. So uh, looking at verse 3, it says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother, take heed to yourself, right? Verse 3 starts with that. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So if we're sinned against, so uh, we're to, like we had talked about before, Matthew 18, rebuke them, go to them directly. Don't, you know, just start putting it on Facebook. Oh my goodness, guys, oh, especially within the church, please, you know, do yourself a favor. Um, one of the things, and I, I, I try not to do too much on there. I, I almost never post anything, but um, I, you know, it's kind of like a news sounding board, and I'm always, I'm always intrigued. Uh, and I usually don't t- spend too much time reading when someone's writing it to the someone that knows who you are. You know what? If you have them on Facebook and they could go to Messenger and say, hey, <laughs> yes, we need to talk. We need to talk. We don't have to blast it to the world. And then what I usually end up seeing is somebody will take it down and it's gone forever because they've embarrassed themselves. Go to the person directly. Bring it up and, and go and, and discuss these things. If they repent... Forgive. That's it. That so what we're seeing here is there's an obedience from on our end. Once we've been you know sinned against, we need to be able to forgive, and uh, it's it's important for us. And as the Lord is saying, seven times in a day is a lot for somebody to have to come back to you and say of sin. Think about it. Seven times in a day sounds like a lot. You know, seven times somebody does you wrong. Seven times in a day. You know, my first inclination is to tell you that you might want to consider the company you're keeping, right? But uh, but it might be here at church, hopefully not. But, uh, it, it, you know, it might be a brother, sister, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, so the Lord's making a statement here that we need to be gracious as we've experienced the grace of the Lord. We need to be gracious and also forgive. So it's important for us that, to understand Always understand the grace we have received because when we understand that we have a proper understanding of that grace that we've experienced in our lives, it's easier for us to have a better understanding heart and mind, better temper, and then we go into something a little little more uh, uh, clear-minded versus raging bull. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming at you, you know, that type of thing. Be able be able to discuss what we need to. But the Lord does say here, if, if they sin, and it says, if, if he repents, forgive him. True repentance. And says, say, hey, sorry about that. Whack, punches you in the face again. Sorry about that. Whack. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, it could be a spiritual punch in the face. You know, okay, we, we some, something else is here, something we've got to get to the bottom of. So uh, that seven times in a day, what the Lord is saying here is that, that we do need to be gracious and understand um, that, uh, you know, yes, we are called to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Wise, though, that wisdom and understanding. Who am I keeping cut? Why am I experiencing this all day long? 
Like what's happening here? Because if it does come to that, there's there's some discussion that need very deep discussion that needs to happen. What what is this this offense that keeps coming up, or these offenses, and why are why are we dealing with this? So you know the Lord here, but it does it should give us a glimpse into our own hearts, right? How many times in a day do we have to say sorry, Lord? Sorry, Lord, guys. I'll be honest. Very slow drivers. That's my weak spot. <laughs> It, it is. I, 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 I'll try to be as honest with you as I can. I especially, um, you know, we're on our way to a wedding yesterday, and um, I love motorcycles. I like motorcyclists. I tell my daughters, be very careful when you're being you know, pulling out. Whenever you're doing it, you look for the motorcycle. You'll see the car. I always say that. Okay. But my goodness, the three we were behind yesterday, who were doing like five, sometimes ten and fifteen under the speed limit. On like a back road was driving me nuts. Shane drives motorcycle. Probably rode his here. He did this morning. So, but uh, you know, <laughs> right. he said it wasn't me. No, but so so there are some things there that uh, that I myself have to go. You know what? I, you know, I I'm gonna teach a Bible study tomorrow, or you know, I and and I've got I've got to stop just wishing wishing that I could just you know not actually hurt somebody, but. Move them out of the way. Move them out of the way. Disable their vehicle so they pull over. I get by them. And it's it's shameful. It's wrong. I'm just confessing to you guys. And, and I know you know a lot of us may be the same. Um, but uh, you know that's something. I'm sinning. I'm sinning. You know I, I'm acting like a child. You know. And there are times that I you know I'll just be sitting there and I'll I, I'll just say I, I I just very frustrated. I'm I'm like. Really, on the, and that's usually what it is. Like, really, of course, on this, you know, I'm just whining. You know, that's that's usually what it is. Um, just just being a whiner, and uh, and I, I don't even have to say anything. I'm just my wife sitting right there, and she already knows. <laughs> so she already knows, and I, yeah, okay. So, um, but we, you know, bringing this back here, it's important for us to understand we uh, we uh, sin every day, and uh, it, hopefully. As we get older and as we mature more, that's going to, especially the, you know, that type of stuff, you know, becoming patient, you know, reading James 1, uh, you know, I should understand that pretty well, you know, about the patience and patience, you know, doing its perfect work in us. So, so uh, the encouragement I have here is, you know, if we see ourselves in that, um, surround ourselves with like-minded people. And I, by that, I mean, godly people, people that are seeking the Lord in our lives. If we're, if we're dealing with somebody that's just constantly just offending you and, and bringing, bringing it down and, you know, causing you to, uh, to, you know, maybe even start hating that person. So there's that stumbling block right there in and of itself. So they're not by per, they're not perfect. We're not perfect, but, uh, just understanding that, uh, that, um, if somebody comes to us and has sinned against us, the Lord is commanding us to be forgiving of that person as long as they're truly repentant. And the same should be for us. When we go to the Lord, we should be truly repenting of uh, whatever it is. So we're being called as we as we uh, you know, move on to verse 5. Uh, my Bible actually says faith and duty on it, and that's what I wrote here. Um, and uh, because you, if you look at the disciples' response, uh, the apostles themselves, uh, it says, uh, said to the Lord, increase our faith. 
<laughs> like, wait a minute. You're telling me if somebody sins against me seven times, I'm supposed to forgive him? And uh, I, I need to understand this more, and I need to have an understanding of this forgiveness and grace more. You know, increase our faith. Um, I listened to it to one pastor about this, and, and I love the way he described it. He's, he's saying it's a call to obedience. You know, and the way he put it is, is do you do you really need to pray about, I mean, it's pretty simple. Somebody sins against you and uh, they come to you repentant, then you forgive them. And it's an obedience. If you can't, then it's an obedience thing for us. So there, there, there's a challenge here for us also in faith and duty uh, as we as we proceed in here. And uh, it's uh, I, I wrote down uh, as these guys are praying for faith. You know, we'll, we'll look at a couple verses, or I think I've got one or two verses written down here, but um, we'll see what the Lord says. So the Lord said in verse 6, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots, and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down and eat. But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank that, that servant because he did the things uh, that were commanded of him? I think not. So like, likewise, when you have done all those things which you were commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. So you see where the, that obedience has come in. You know, we're being told that we need to, uh, when someone comes to us and, and they've sinned against us, to forgive them. And when the, the apostles say, hey, increase our faith, the Lord starts talking about this is faith. And exercise your faith by being obedient. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's that importance of, of you know, when, when we're going to the Lord and we're, we're, we're asking for help, uh, we have to understand, because we can just shout out a prayer, but, you know, are, are we really trusting the Lord to, to minister? Are we just doing it because we're doing it? Um, I know that I've done that before. I'm like, well, I guess I got to pray. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pray, I guess. Let's sit down and let's pray before we eat. You know, everybody's been arguing before or whatever and sit down and, you know, I have, I have three teenage daughters and, you know, an argument might come up every now and then. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, ah, I got to humble myself and reach my hand out and grab their hand. Right. And, 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 you know, she's thinking this and she's thinking, uh, and they'll just, you know, that, that, you know what, let's humble ourselves before the Lord together. Let's pray. Thank the Lord for this meal. And then we press on from there. So obedience is key. Um, if you remember uh, in 1 Samuel 15, uh, when Samuel's confronting Saul, because Saul uh, listened to some of the uh, commandment that the Lord had given Samuel to go and wipe out the Amalekites. And uh, when Samuel comes around, um, he's hearing the bleeding of sheep and he's seeing, oh, all the good things have been kept. And he goes and confronts Saul, and they have a confrontation, and, and Saul's like, oh, well, the people, this, this, and that, and, you know, I, I kept them for sacrifices. And, and Samuel's response to him is to obey is better than to sacrifice. 
And it's so important for us, obedience. It is more, it's better for us to obey. You know, that, that, that saying, I know I've said it before, where they say, we'll just do it and ask for forgiveness later. That's not a Christian thing to do. You know, I, I've, I've heard people say that, um, not necessarily toward a sin or something, but, you know, when, when they're at work and, and hey, I think I'm going to make, I don't know if this is the right decision or not or whatever. Sometimes you just have to make a decision at work, right? And they're like, well, if I don't do it right, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. You know, but this is, you know, we shouldn't have that approach in Christianity where we say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then, I'll, you know what? I'll ask for forgiveness later. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's not the, the sign of a mature Christian to do so. A new Christian, probably going to be more um, likely to do that. You know, if you, if you want to be challenged in your faith, obviously be in the Word, but read anything A.W. Tozer has to, has to write. Yeah, that guy, that guy was used by the Lord to kick us in the spiritual teeth, you know, and, and, and to keep us, uh, you know, uh, sober-minded and, and help us to, to learn and to grow. You know, sometimes we got to be hard on ourselves too. You know, and uh, and and the reason I say that is because we can give ourselves too much leeway and and and, and lose you know control or lose uh, lose track of the word of God and not letting that govern our hearts, but letting our own heart govern what we're going to do. So we have to, you know, how many times and Will has, has has shared this with us is you know take heed to our own heart. You know, it's so important because our heart will deceive us. So that obedience that, that the Lord is commanding here. And now, as he's talking about the servant that's, uh, that's out plowing and tending the sheep, he's, he's, he's describing somebody that's out working and that's what they're, that's what they're doing. Uh, they're, they're, they're paid to do that. And um, when he's describing, you know, the master isn't going to say, especially in, in this culture, when, you know, that person that's the servant of the house, hey, go take care of the field when you're done. You know, you eat your meal after we're done eating, then you eat your meal. And, and that was that was the culture of the day. We don't uh, a lot of us don't operate in that that type of uh, environment now. But it does show us here um, that as we're going through, that's what the what the uh, servant was called to do. It says in verse eight, but will he not rather prepare something? Uh, sorry, verse nine. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? I think not. You know, that was that was what that person was paid to do. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, here in this culture, we get all bent out of shape if you don't say thank you, right? <laughs> Even if it's an insincere thank you, you know, that's uh, that's that's what we expect here, you know, in, in our culture. Um, but, uh, you know, that's uh, somebody that, uh, you know, that that's what they're supposed to do. So likewise, it says in verse 10, you, when you have done all those things which you were commanded, uh, say, uh, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. That servant heart is so important. Uh, I, I read a quote of what Spurgeon said about our servant, uh, our deeds against the Lord's, uh, or, or compared to the Lord. And uh, he says that uh, our, our good deed is like a speck of dust measured against the sun. You know, just like, yeah, great. Hey, good job. You did whatever, you know, you said thank you, or, you know, you helped somebody with something or whatever, and you're, you're expecting that. The Christian's goal should be, uh, you know, with, what's, what's so great is that we, we shouldn't expect that. We should never expect the Lord to thank us. The Lord doesn't owe us anything, you know, uh, but he does love us so much that someday he is going to say to us, as we've, uh, you know, placed our trust in him and we follow after him, you were about to say it. Well done, right? Uh, it says, 
the Lord, if we, if we go back to Hebrews 11, it says that the Lord is a rewarder. Isn't that awesome? Of those who diligently seek him. The Lord loves us so much that someday, you know, our, our, uh, the, the highest thing that we could hear is well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. So, so although the Lord owes us nothing, at some point one day, he's, he's going to tell us, well, well done. You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a thank you. That's a, that's a, we don't deserve. We don't deserve that. But the Lord is so gracious, so loving. We'll be told that someday. So that, that should be a primary focus for us is to please the Lord in all that we do. And, uh, you know, as that with that being our focus, um, we're going to find that things are, are, are usually in, in line for us in our lives. Doing what it's our duty. Uh, I had another note here that I, I, I looked over. Uh, serve him uh, because he's worthy, not because he owes us anything. Um, and I knew I was, I was missing something there. I had, I had read over it, so I wanted to share that. So uh, verse 11, now it happened as he went, so different setting now. Now it happened as he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain, uh, certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So there's a lot, lot to really chew on right there. So going into uh, the area of Samaria. Now that, that area, a, a Samaritan was a uh, half Jew, somebody who had uh, accepted the Greek culture and the Greek language uh, despised by the Jews. So those those guys didn't they didn't talk. You guys might remember the the woman at the well, John chapter four, where you know the Lord's like, hey, where where she's like, well, we don't really. She just kind of says, well, we don't really do that here, and everything. So there there is a great divide here, and and these guys, um, as he's passing through, he's entering in. These guys hear of it, and now I probably familiar with leprosy. I'll, I'll uh, you know pretty much. Uh, uh, familiar faces, and you know, to think of leprosy, it, it, it's a type of sin. It, we can, when we look at leprosy, uh, we can look at it as a type, uh, a type for sin that we might give us a, a better understanding of leprosy. Um, and uh, to, I think modern day, uh, it's called Hansen's Hansen's disease. I think H A N S E N Hansen's. Um, and uh, it, it's still not curable, but it can be treated so it's not uh, a, a, um, a so rapid growing. And uh, I, uh, to be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of research into the, the, the disease itself and where they're at with it today, but it's still not 100% curable. Uh, it, it, can, it can be treated. So uh, these guys are uh, afar off. They hear that Jesus is coming and in all desperation with everything that they have, the only hope they have is to scream, to cry out to Jesus for his mercy. Now there's a lot we can take just from there. These guys see it and they know, I mean, this is a death sentence for them. Leprosy is a death sentence, you know, and, and they're going to lose all the feeling in their extremities. Uh, noses were falling off. Uh, things get rotten, gangrenous, and and you know infection and, and and death. It leads to death and and separation from friends and family. It, it's an it's an awful disease. 
awful. And 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 these guys, when they see Jesus, uh, they're just. It says that uh, they lifted up their voices, and it says, if you look at the end of twelve, it says, "Who stood afar off? They couldn't approach. They had to stay and just yell." Now that desperation. Just think of think of what that yell must have sounded like. It's probably not like, "Hey, Jesus, over here!" You know what I mean? That's a a cry for. Uh, this is my only hope. This is all I got. I've heard of this guy, and there he is. We're, we're going all out. And, and 10 of them, they scream out to Jesus. And Jesus responds to them. And they ask for Jesus' mercy. Jesus, Master, have mercy uh, mercy on me, on us. Sorry. Uh, verse 14 says, So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was when they went, they were cleansed. Now, he's sending them uh, to the priests. Leviticus 14, if you want to go back and, and look at that whole process. But it's really cool because it's prophetic. And uh, you know, the the priest is to go outside the camp, and they're supposed to have two uh, two birds with them, kill one and, and let the other go. Um, and uh, you know, Jesus, uh, I've got to look at my notes here. Um, Jesus identified himself with the outcast, with those with those people. So as you're reading through Luke, uh, sorry, not Luke 14, um, Leviticus 14, it's important to understand. Uh, that it is prophetic, and uh, you know the Lord did uh, identify Himself for us, and He rescued us. And uh, one of those those birds would be let free, and it signified His resurrection. So it's 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 an amazing thing to be able to to look at and understand. And they weren't used to this. This wasn't common. Um, when I, I I was mowing my lawn this week, and I was listening to a pastor talk on this, and he said that, that uh, he said that um, there were six recorded. Uh, accounts of people being healed, healed of leprosy six times over all that time from all the way from Levit Leviticus 14 up until this point. So six times. So it, but it was written in there. And uh, so when, when Jesus sent them uh, to the priest, you know, that that got the priest's attention. Like we don't deal with this one a lot. You know, they're pulling out the scrolls and go, okay, we gotta, we gotta find this thing here. So when they'll hear they're healed of their sins, it says, uh, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they uh, were cleansed. So verse uh, 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thank, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I said healed of our sin. Uh, they were healed of, of their leprosy. I'm sorry. So. The ten are sent away, and they're told to go to the priest. They go to the priest. The priest, you know, when they get there, they're healed. They go through that process. Nine of them, we don't know where they went. The assumption is they went home. There was one that realized, wait a minute, I've had an encounter with God. I've got to go back, and I've got to thank him. And he goes, and he falls at Jesus' feet. And it says the only one that came back was the Samaritan. You know, how many times did the Lord use the person that they would, the last person they would think would be an example. I love that the Lord does that throughout the scripture. We see how he, how he loved to use those things that we wouldn't think he would. And, you know, for us, when we're cleansed of our sin, not only to thank him then, but to thank him in our lives. I don't know how many times I've been worried about something, worried about, uh, you, you know, um, Leading worship, singing up here in front of everybody, going, "Oh, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to mess up. I'm going to play the wrong chords a, a million times, and it's going to fall apart. And, this, and I'll just be up here singing, and I'm praying, and I'm asking the Lord, help me get through this. Or teaching, you know, just being up here. Sometimes, well, you guys know, I'll get lost in my notes, you know. And I know I'll, I'll, I'll kind of mess with myself, but I, please know that every time I, I've been up here, I've prayed over it. I've been in study. Uh, I just, my mind, i got to slow it down a little bit sometimes. I just get a little too excited in those things. But I often will, you know, just get out of here and I'll start driving to work or, you know, I'll give Jen a call on my way home. And, and uh, I'll be like, you know what? I never actually stop and say, hey, Lord, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you that, you know, my enemy trying to get into my head and my own, my own mind and, and heart trying to deceive me uh, and, and to mess me up uh, didn't take over. You know, and uh, that the Lord is still so gracious. I, I have a, a pastor, uh, a friend who's a pastor, and he's like, you know what? I don't question God's faithfulness anymore. <laughs> he goes, over time and time, over and over again, I have experienced it so much. He goes, I, I don't question God's faithfulness at all. You know, and, uh, you know, our circumstances can, can cause us, to, but important for us to always thank the Lord. So it's important for us to do that and, and to remember who is worthy of the praise. So this man comes back and Jesus says in verse 17, So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. We don't know the end of the story with those other guys, you know, sometimes I think maybe a little bit of a, uh, a pharisaical heart in us might be like, Oh, they weren't saying, you know, they got home and then they broke out with leprosy again. You know, I, I, I think maybe the word got back like, Hey, you didn't thank Jesus, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully, I don't know. There's speculation. Uh, we talked about it on, on Wednesday where the Lord, where the, where the Bible's silent. We don't have to try to speak for it. You know, if we've done the research and we know that the Lord has said something and left it there, just, I don't know. The Lord left it there and we'll ask him in heaven. You know, uh, those, those things. We don't, we don't know what happened with these guys. But the Lord just, just tells this guy, I love the response. Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Uh, you know, the, the disciples back in verse 5, uh, you know, they, they prayed, Lord, increase our faith. You know, it's all about faith for us. It's it's so important for us that faith, that obedience. Uh, it, it, you know, if we believe in God, we better be believe be obedient to Him. You know, uh, it's it's one thing to believe, but if we're not going to be obedient, then you know how different are we than Saul? You know, so uh, you know our hearts just want to continue to go astray. But I love how the Lord ministers to this guy. Um, you know, as we uh, before we get into to, to verse twenty, just to just to reflect, what's going to help us uh, have a proper mindset uh, to be able to thank the Lord is is to um, as we're in the Word and we're in fellowship, uh, listening to Christian music, um, you know, the breaking of bread. You know, when you, when you just go into Acts two forty two, and you can see, you know, how how the church was operating. You know, the more we're doing that in our lives, the better spiritual eyesight we're going to have. And uh, the more in tune we're going to be with the Not that we're never going to have uh, a time of struggle and a time of, of doubt or, or whatever. But, man, our faith's going to be so much stronger that when those do come up, those hurdles. I, 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 uh, my um, middle daughter, 
uh, Ashley, she, uh, she tried hurdles, uh, in track her freshman year last year. And we go and, and I'd watch her run this grueling race, a 300 meter hurdle race. By the end of it, I see these kids and they can't even, they're like, I watched the kid this year. Ashley did it one year and she's like, I'm not doing hurdles. You know, she just, she didn't enjoy it. But when you see that as they're running this race, it's 300 meters. So, it, it, you know, that's three quarters of a lap around, around. So you think, oh, you know, three quarters of a lap, but you're racing, <laughs> you're racing and you're running and jumping, running, jump, run, jump, run, jump. And by the end of it, I watched some guys this year just push the, it doesn't matter if, if you hit the, I, I didn't understand hurdles, but if you hit the hurdle, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You just push it over and walk over it and everything. Spiritually, we might get to that point where it's just like, I can't, Lord, I need your help. I'm going to push this over and walk. The Lord is going to give us the strength. Those hurdles, now for, for the guys, they're higher, the, the girls are lower. You know, those, those, uh, those hurdles, you know, the spiritual hurdles are, are, are going to seem less uh, intimidating for us. The, the more we mature and the more we grow in our faith, uh, those, those hurdles that come in front of us, those, those big things that come, you know what, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm not going to question his faithfulness. That hurdle, the, oh, oh, yeah, I'm going to just gonna, I'm gonna step over this one as it's, it's already down. You know, the Lord is just, just so faithful. He's so gracious. Verse 20. <clears throat> now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of heaven is within you. So uh, these guys, uh, you know, the Pharisees themselves, they're looking for the conquering kin king. Remember, in this day, Rome is running the show. And they're like, hey, if this guy's the, the true Messiah, he's coming to deliver us from Rome. And what they didn't, uh, didn't want to acknowledge or what they were forgetting. They were thinking of, of the Messiah in uh, Isaiah chapter nine, you know, he, he's coming, he's conquering and he's taking care of things. And, um, you know, they, they were, they were you know, overlooking the fact that, uh, uh, the passage is to speak of the suffering savior. So, uh, if you want some references, go to Psalm 22, um, and read that Isaiah 53, um, verses four through 12. Uh, you, you know what? I'm going to read it to you. Uh, because it's uh, it's, it's going to uh, I keep turning over it here. If I said Isaiah fifty two, like I think I did, Isaiah fifty three. Okay, I said Psalm twenty two, Isaiah fifty three, verse four, Isaiah fifty three, verse four says, "Surely, surely, uh, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted." But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Think about that, the end of that verse. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people 
he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Uh, when you make his soul an offering of sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. They wanted the conquering king. They were overlooking the fact that the Messiah needed to be the suffering servant. They were neglecting that. They were saying, no, 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 no. Okay, well, that's the one. If you're not the guy here to, to help us overthrow Rome, then we don't want you here. Not only that, but we don't like anything you got to say because he was constantly uh, confronting them. So with these guys, in verse 21, it says... Uh, he says, uh, now they will say, uh, nor will they say, see here, see therefore indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now who lives within us? The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Then he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one, <clears throat> see one of the days of the son of man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, or look there, do not go after or follow them, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to another part uh, under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But he first must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they brought, uh, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is in the housetop and his uh, goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in, the night, in that night there will be two men in one bed. One will be taken, and the other will be left. The uh, two women will be grinding uh, together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So there's a lot that we just covered there. I want to I make sure that everybody understands in verse 34, because a lot of people, wait, two men in one bed, two people. Two people in one bed, one will be taken. So that's uh, 
just to think when the, when the Lord comes and when he said it would be like a lightning flash across the sky, some people might be sleeping. You imagine just be sleeping and be I don't know, I was sleeping and boom, I'm in the presence of the Lord. It's kind of cool to, cool to think of, you know, I, because... Because whenever I've, I've thought of, of, of the Lord coming, I've always, you know, you hear, you know, coming uh, in the clouds with great glory. You know, you, you think of all those those things and never think that, like, on this side of the of the world, you know, might be sleeping, you know, when we're raptured up, you know. Um, but uh, it's, it's uh, I, I love reading this. And uh, um, just understand that, you know, when they're asking um, and when, when the Lord's explaining, you know, the day of the Lord, uh, he he's he makes it a point uh, to let them know you, you don't have to look here you don't have to look there you don't have to go anywhere it, you, you're gonna know and there's not gonna be did, did Jesus just come back you know, there's not gonna be the question of that you know it, it's it's going to be known so as as we're so how many times have we heard people uh, will say a date you know they'll come out with a date what is it uh, 80 80 Something Will was talking about. I think it was 88 reasons Jesus is returning in 88. Uh, it's 22. So, uh, you know, we go on to, yeah. So, uh, you know, just those things, you know. I, I mean, we can look at Scripture and go, oh, hey, this was, just know this, that we're not waiting on anything else, you know, for, for the rapture. So uh, just understand there's the rapture, um, especially here in Calvary Chapel. We believe in pre-tribulation um, uh, a, a rapture that we will be taken out before God's wrath is poured out on the earth. And uh, some some will question that and they'll, they'll, they'll go against it. Um, the best argument you're ever going to have uh, when someone is 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 uh, arguing is to be able to go to the word and 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 Jesus in in right as he's talking about this gives us two examples. Noah and his whole family get put on the ark and he takes them out and then the flood ta- overtakes the earth. You know, Lot is taken out of Sodom and then when Lot's gone, chaos rains down and everybody's wiped out before God's judgment. He's not going to judge his children. You know, you can go through the scripture and 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 see the only time we can be chastised as his children and and, and corrected, but he's not going to judge his children. We don't we don't experience God's wrath, thankfully. You know, he we we don't want God's judgment because there's nothing we can never stand a hole and and stand uh, in in front of the righteous judge. We can't. The only way we can is standing in the name of Jesus and 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 in what He's done for us. So the rapture. Three and a half years of false peace on the earth. And then at one point, that Antichrist is going to go, uh, they're going to rebuild the temple. Uh, and uh, uh, the Antichrist is going to go into the temple, declare to be God, and everybody's going to understand things are bad. You know, there's going to be three and a half years of tribulation. And uh, it, it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I, I don't want to be here for it. And then, you know, at the end of that, there's going to, you know, Christ's second coming. And the world's going to think that they can, they can uh, you know, battle all, the, all the, the kings of the earth getting together thinking they can beat God, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, it's sad. It is sad. Um, but, uh, but those are the people that are, are making a stance and, you know, they, they want to unite and, and defeat Christ. It's just not going to happen. So, um he, he, what he says here in verse 32 is a short verse. It says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And that's important for us to understand. Um, I, uh, I, I read something. It was pretty cool. And it said, don't look back, look up. 
You know, we, we don't need to look back. Everything that happened behind us, that, that old lifestyle that we've been pulled out of, there's nothing to look back for. I, I know that I don't want to look back. I don't. There's nothing there that I want to be like, oh, hey, that was really fun. No, it wasn't. Lady to pain and misery, you know. But, oh, God is so gracious, so loving. Oh, he loves us so much. You know, remember Lot's wife. When Jesus makes a point to say that, and he's, you know, and when we get into, when you start looking at verses 33 to 36, I, just get ready. Just, there's there's going to be no time. When, when, when things are, are about to get bad, run, flee. When that when that Antichrist makes that declaration, you know, I I am I am God, worship me. Things are going to get bad, run. You know, there's there's the warning right there. You you just you're not going to want to be there. And then the, when the the Lord saying goes on to say that you know uh, at His coming, there's going to be two in the field, and just one person's gone. And uh, so looking back towards the rapture, you know, two are here and, and one's gone. Like, what's going on here? You know, those things. When the, when the church is taken away, then, that tri- then the tribulation is going to start. But we don't want to be here for that tribulation. We, that's, that's nothing we want to be, uh, be here for. So as you're looking through there, just understand the time is now. The time is now. There's, there's, uh, just live all out for the Lord right now. Stay ready. The stage is already set for us. It's important for us to be ready. Verse thirty-seven. He says, and they answered and said to him, "Where, Lord?" And he said to them, "Where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together." Um, eagles are, uh, uh, you know, they they'll come down and eat something from a, a carcass also um as i was you know doing some research on that it was it was it kind of almost fell into that category of of uh, uh when i was you know doing you know because i've read that before and i've always thought oh okay eagles you know coming down and eating the carcass or whatever where the body is you know where it's saying that and uh, there was a suggestion there that it might have been a, a common saying in that day that they that they would understand a little bit better than we do. But either way, when you look at the 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 total of chapter sorry verses twenty through thirty seven, the Lord is saying, you know, don't look back, look up, for us as Christians to be ready, you know, and for us, you know, we we uh, we don't know the day or the hour, and that's a good thing. If we knew the day or the hour. You know, we might be silly. We might, we might, uh, you know, uh, not live responsible lives or, or whatever it may be. But um, it, it's just so much better for us to be ready, to be, you know, looking up towards the Lord and, and being prepared for his coming. So uh, that's what we have for uh, Luke chapter 17. So um, next time we'll pick up in, in chapter 18. So let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that we have it, that we uh, can know that uh, we... Uh, can come to know you more and uh, that you work through your word to change our lives, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it can, it can, you know, it's, it's such an instrument, Lord, that uh, your word even says that, you know, sharper, that it could, it could separate bone and marrow and, and uh, just to understand how surgical you are with your word uh, to our hearts. And we thank you so much for it. We ask you, Lord, to help us uh, to, uh, to be in it. Uh, in the time that we're away, that we'd spend our own time uh, with you in the word. And uh, we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We love you. And we ask you to cover us with your grace and mercy until we're together again. In Jesus' name, amen.